Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast from sunny Southern California. Welcome, welcome in. Um, this is just, by the way, this is only for the fellas uh, who we've had issues in our connections all day. Uh, but <laughs> it is actually a good thing for the home studio today. Have you guys seen what's going on in the 405, which is right outside of our building? Oh, there must be fog. There must be smog. I'm guessing Mama cooked the breakfast with some hog. It is completely shut down. So had I, like, had I even tried to get in today to work in the studio, it would not have happened. I'd be, I'd be broadcasting from the 405. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Play a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Man, I listen, I, I have tons of thoughts on the NCAA tournament. The officiating was bad. Uh, it, I thought it led to one team. One, one team lost what probably they, they would have won the game if not for one play, one call that was blown last night. And uh, there was a potential upset that was thwarted. But again, there's just some things. And I'm not one of these go on national radio and say the refs are. I don't believe it has anything to do with wanting any one particular team to win. But it doesn't make it a good look nonetheless. So we had that to get to. We still we have some unbelievable upsets. The story is St. Peter's, not St. Peter. I think, did, Bayer, did you see my tweet about John Calipari? That, I, that's like the greatest tweet of my life. Yeah, oh, I you, think. Not only that, you said it on the show Friday when we had you in. Yes. Well, that was, that was, the, yes. that was the, I, I tested it out there. But that's a great line, right? That, yes, that's one of those, good. like, you don't have to be fun. You don't have to like me or have a sense of humor and go like, that's, that's pretty funny. Which is not the last time uh, John Calipari will, will struggle with St. Peter. Um, sorry about your Buckeyes. It did lose yesterday. Had a, right. had a great shot to win. Yeah, I had an opportunity. Made a little push, but wasn't in the cards. They uh it was a nice win over Loyola in an ugly game on Friday, but can't say can't say that I expected a deep run honestly. Can can you believe though that like um, that that's a tough road. That is a tough Well, for example, Purdue Purdue and look they got Texas was a tough was a tough out, but Purdue has St. Peter's to go to the Elite 8, right? Whereas Ohio State played <laughs> I mean, Ohio State played Loyola Chicago. And then they played Villanova. Like, um, could you can you get us a little bit, just one that we can get some air for? It, it was a, it was a rough one yesterday for the Big Ten. I mean, it and was, the SEC. How about, how about uh, Auburn going down, Kentucky going yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. But yesterday, uh, Illinois, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin all lost for the Big Ten. But uh, Michigan State and Ohio State were seven seeds. Uh, I don't know really how good Illinois was. Wisconsin probably should have uh, moved on. But not saying that Iowa State Iowa State played better in that game. The point is, is if you're looking at the Big Ten as a whole, and I'll shut up in a second. But for getting nine teams in, there there wasn't a one or a two seed in those. Um, you had a bunch of sevens and some sixes and four and a couple threes. Yeah, so. no, I mean, it's it was it was a it was a wild and fun weekend. All right, we'll we'll get to the NCAA tournament. Let's let's get to what I think is the. I, honestly, I believe it's the story of the offseason. 
It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Russell Wilson. Okay? It's not Tom Brady. Although, I mean, look, think about these. These stories are gigantic. These are all Hall of Famers, one of which switched places. One came out of retirement. The other one uh, re-upped. But then Devontae Adams traded over the weekend. Like, this is nuts. And I still don't think that's the biggest story. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Um, Deshaun Watson, that, that to me is the riskiest move in the history of sports. I want you to think about this for a second, what the Cleveland Browns have done. You know, because the Cleveland Browns engaged with Deshaun Watson and he said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. And then he was focused on, by all accounts, Atlanta and Carolina. When he told the Saints they were out, he told the Browns they were out. They came back to him and said, like, hey, man, we, we'll give you a new contract. I don't know. I'll give you a fully guaranteed five-year contract. And basically, the way in which it's worked, you, you can't take a ton of the money back if he gets suspended because his base salary is so low. The Cleveland Browns have traded for a quarterback who has torn his ACL twice, didn't play last season, and he has 22 pending civil cases against him. Now, look, I'm I'm willing to believe, yeah, willing to believe that that the Browns had to do an amount of due diligence so that they felt confident that they're not bringing a sexual predator into their into their locker room, into their city. I'm I'm willing to believe that. And I talked to I I've told you guys for the year and a half that this thing has gone on that everyone I talked to in the NFL had zero questions, zero about Deshaun Watson off the field before this came out. None. They were like, dude, perfect prospect, perfect dude. Like this wasn't, there weren't alarm bells in college. Like, yeah, there's this guy hangs around. This is nope, none of it. So a guy who he's cashing in all his equity, but think about this for a second. There's, there's two parts to it. Their desire to win supersedes anything else, including common sense, which is, I get it if you want to get him. I get it even if you want to give him a guaranteed contract. I wouldn't do it, not just because of the -the off-the-field behavior, but because he's torn his ACL twice already. And it's not like he's a quarterback that gets rid of it quick. It's not like he's a statue back there. He plays a style of football which is relatively reckless, a little bit more like Ben Roethlisberger than Lamar Jackson in terms of how much he runs, you know, four first downs. But he holds that football and he takes a savage beating. And look, I I think Deshaun Watson's good. I I would I would argue again based upon what some of my friends in the league say in terms of top five or top ten. But again, he's light years better and gives you way more confidence and other guys seem way more into him than they do Baker Mayfield. God, I understand all of that. But you cannot undersell the fact that, like, look, we're in a time of reckoning. And do I think sometimes it goes too far with the Me Too stuff? Of course. But the reason that it exists is for years, for years, women's voices, when they were done wrong in the workplace, were silenced, Right? So we're in a time of evening of the sexual playing field. And I I also understand in our country, 
you are innocent till proven guilty, and he's not even going to be tried in a criminal in in the court of criminal law. Okay? I, I I get that, and it, it's it's as important to report the civil suits, or more important to say there's no criminal there's going to be no criminal procedure heading forward. And anyone I know in law says it's not that hard to charge somebody with criminal behavior. Maybe a little bit different in this case because the quarterback of the Houston Texans, because it's so high profile that you can't just, but most things can get through the grand jury if it passed the sniff test. That, that should, but still, they gave him a completely guaranteed contract, one that basically is Teflon from, uh, from the NFL suspending him. Keeping in mind that the last contract he got from the Houston Texans Hey, he signed before he played two years ago, but he still had another year left on his rookie deal. He got paid three years upfront money, never played a down on that contract. They gave him a new contract for five years. He's torn his ACL two times. He's going to be suspended at some point for a portion of time this season. And we don't know how this plays out in in, in the civil world, plus how it looks. And like, look, I'm, I'm not one of these, he should never play again. I do, I believe in our system of innocent till being proven guilty, but holy cow, is that a risky move from the Cleveland Browns, which only tells you really three things. One, Cleveland's got to think that they're close. Two, they got to get Baker Mayfield the hell out of that building. You only do that if your previous quarterback was such an abject disaster. You're like, I'll do anything, anything to get rid of this guy, get somebody better in here. How about Deshaun Watson? Okay. How about the beating you're going to take in the in publicity? Okay. How about a five-year guaranteed contract? Ah, uh, okay. How about the fact that you're going to put it all in the signing bonus so that they can't take any money away, really, from the from the salary if he's suspended? Like, okay. That, that tells you th- they think they're close. They only want to win football games. And that Baker Mayfield, they could not get rid of Baker Mayfield fast enough. No matter what anyone says, that's the reality to it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a good weekend. I don't know if I had a good weekend. I mean, I, I watched, you guys know I've watched every, literally every basket, every game that was played in the NSA tournament. So what, what I've been doing the last uh, four days, actually last six days because I did the first four as well. So I did our show, what was it, uh, I think I did our show, right? Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then right afterwards, I did uh, you know, the pre-halftime and post for uh, the radio uh, of the NCAA tournament. And then... All day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And uh, I'm basically, uh, Jason Horowitz and I, but Jason Horowitz is in Jersey. I'm in Los Angeles. And we're watching every game. So I I, I think it's a, it's like the dream job, only like I, you really can't leave the studio sort of thing. I mean, I got to, I walked outside twice, got a bunch of coffee. They feed you good. And it was awesome to watch, but I've watched a lot of basketball. So all these stories that come in, 
just leave you like it's like the the outside. It, it feels a little bit like um, what's the Jim Carrey movie where they're all in the bubble, and you know there's like a whole world out there. What, what movie is that? Truman Show. Right. Basically, I've been in the Truman Show. People just come in, come out, and I've been kind of locked into a room. Charles Robinson in a second. So the Colts trade for Matt Ryan. And what you're hearing out of Atlanta is, look, Matt didn't want to leave, but he'd given so much to the organization, and they they love him, so they want to give him an opportunity to play with a team that's further along, that's closer when it's for a championship or whatever. Get out of here right now. What happened in Cleveland is the same thing that happened in Atlanta. You guys think that Aaron Rodgers is the only temperamental quarterback when you draft a first-round pick who's not going to beat you out? Like, all these guys should be the most confident dudes on earth. Matt Ryan's been an MVP of the NFL. He's got a $40 million cap number, dead cap number when they traded him. He's solid, solidified. He ain't going anywhere if he doesn't want to. But they start talking to Sean Watson. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. You know, you learn it in relationships. You're trying to work it out. Oh, we're trying to work it out. And then all of a sudden you're talking to somebody else. Yeah, that, they're out. We're good. That's what happens. But if you think that it was Matt Ryan, Kumbaya, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. What happened with Aaron Rodgers and how, how pissy he got when Jordan Love was drafted? Oh, you know. Just had another, you know, couple more fingers of tequila, whatever. They all do it. All of them. Right? Tom Brady wanted Jimmy Garoppolo out of the building. Aaron Rodgers, you didn't draft a first-round pick? Paid Maine. They drafted a dude in the sixth round. Who is this guy? First, the first call that, right after a draft pick was of a quarterback. Who is this guy? Tell me about him. It wasn't because he wanted background research to have a great relationship with him. There is no doubt in my mind that the second Matt Ryan hurt, wait a second, I've been in this city and started essentially every year since 2008, took you to a Super Bowl, won an MVP, been through coaching changes, been with terrible defenses. You got rid of Julio last year. You you move all this stuff around me. I've had a bad offensive line the last couple of years, and you're going to reach out to Deshaun Watson? Check, please. Don't, Don't check that out. I, I would I would actually discourage Maybe you. just avoid, check it out, but just don't look at Doug's picks, or mine for that matter. It, it is the craziest thing in the world. Like, I, without any question in my mind, I know more about the teams and about the games than anybody else who's, who's picking that thing. And it's the most frustrating thing ever that somebody else can go like, yeah, I, I picked St. Peter's. You did? Uh, okay. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. Charles Robinson joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, uh, senior uh, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. He has an outstanding Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. I, I believe, and again, you covered this league, know it way better than I do, but I believe as an outsider, the Deshaun Watson trade and contract, not just considering the optics, but also still the pending civil cases and He's torn his ACL two times, and we have no idea how much he'll play this season, if at all. Right? They gave him a fully guaranteed contract, and they move all the money to signing bonuses so the league can't get it on the fines. 
riskiest move you've ever heard of? That that that's right there with them for me. Um. Yeah. Well, look. I just the five years of guaranteed money. I mean, I. I mean, I don't even think this is a debate. It's definitely the riskiest move that I think has ever been made in the NFL when you consider the picks you give up, the commitment you make contract-wise with five years of guaranteed money, um, the pending civil suits, obviously, that, that are still there for Deshaun Watson to, to go through, um, the pending NFL investigation, which – Although year one of the money is protected, as you said, in terms of converting so much of the money into an upfront signing bonus, $46 million kicks in, in in year two. So in 2023, there's nothing saying the NFL's investigation has to be wrapped before 2023. There's nothing saying that the NFL can't decide to you know, drag its feet on any kind of a conclusion. And given how the contract was structured – if the NFL wants to be punitive and they believe he, you know, needs to be um, held responsible both financially and in terms of um, playing football games, there's nothing stopping them from, from saying, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll get around to it when we get around to it. And then, you know, first day of the league year in 2023 saying, okay, we've concluded it. Or, you know, they could conclude it halfway through the, the 2022 season and say, Hey, it's going to be a one year suspension. Like, Calvin uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, so from this date forward, that that would knock out you know whatever would overlap in 2023. There's a yeah I, I think this is a long way from being over in terms of um, the ramifications with the league. So it's yeah it's a monumental gamble by the Cleveland Browns, but also one that I think the part of the story that's maybe not being told here so far is that you know owner Jimmy Haslam and. Uh, owners Jimmy and D Haslam were both extremely um, involved in this. Uh, I would say we're an engine um, to getting this done. And um, once ownership is, is willing to sign off on that kind of money and, and that kind of risk, um, that's how something like this comes together. It, it also has to signify they can't wait to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Like I, I don't, you don't take that sort of risk unless you you can't stand the guy who's who's your former number one overall pick. Is that is that too strong? I I think it was a mixture of wanting to resolve quarterback once and for all. I think there was frustration that there was a feeling that Baker was going to be the answer, and then the inconsistency, sort of the up and down nature of his career there, and then kind of. I think there was a feeling last season when he was injured and, you know, in-house conversations started to make their way out of the building and he was making some mistakes that weren't necessarily directly tied to the injury and it raised some red flags. I think there were just questions about, like, really, are we, you know, regardless of, of the health, do we want to tie up 35 to 40 million dollars a year in in Baker Mayfield do we believe in him in terms of the trust the leadership um you know some of these other things that they felt were going on definitely undermined um that relationship so i think part of it was knowing that they did want to move on from him but i also think part of it was if we're going to do this and we're going to resolve this it absolutely has to be with a quarterback that we know is going to be um, a top-tier quarterback, an elite-level quarterback. And that's part of why when the front office met with his his representation at the Combine, they said, look, you know, we're, we're in for 2022, but um, 
if we have a chance to get an elite level quarterback, we're going to, we're going to have those conversations. We're going to go down that Avenue. And once that happened in Baker, you know, notified them that he wanted out. I think that was it. Like that was, it was completely burned to the ground. The moment he went public saying, you know, I want, I want to be traded. I want out of here. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. What does Matt Ryan have left? It's an interesting question. You know, it's uh, I, I, I had a chance to talk to, you know, a team that is, well, was in the market for a quarterback coming into this offseason, and they looked at Matt a little bit, and I asked them if it was sort of a Philip Rivers type, you know, on the last green situation with his career, and they said he's probably got a little bit more, but they said it depends, you know, where he goes. And interestingly enough, I think where he went is is the ideal. It's going to be, um, you know, uh, again, a domed environment. Um, it's a fairly soft uh, division that he's going to be in, and it's it's going to give the Colts a chance to be competitive. You know, probably a year or two. It's I think it's a bridge situation. There's no question about that. But um, he fit sort of the criteria that that kind of going through and and seeing who would be interested in Matt Ryan and what would be the right situation. The Colts actually fit that criteria. I think he can go there and you know be competitive. But there's there's no question this is a scenario that's just staving off you know, the the big search for the next quarterback for another year or maybe two. Yeah, it feels like a Philip Rivers, you know, two point two point oh sort of thing. That's that's really right. kind of what, yeah. what 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 it feels like. Charles Robinson is our guest here on the Doug Outlib show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we, we still haven't even gotten to the Raiders trade for Devontae Adams, which is okay, obviously Aaron Rodgers had to know that this was at least a possibility. And what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to crush the Green Bay Packers saying he's going to have nobody to throw to because I would guess that they have to have a plan, right? Ha- what is the plan in Green Bay? Because the plan can't be to go as is and go draft a, draft a rookie and hope that works. Is that the plan? Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, um, I think we'll see when Rodgers talks about this or if he's ever expansive about it. I believe – that he was aware prior to even signing his contract that Adams, there was a rift with the team and that Adams was upset and that he wanted out. But I, I think Aaron believed, you know, this will get worked out or he will be here. You know, something's going to get hammered out, particularly if Green Bay is willing, you know, to, to match or exceed the money that he would get from the Raiders. I think Aaron thought, you know, this is something that'll get resolved. And it just, and it didn't clearly you know Adams wanted out um the money was kind of interesting because you know a number of teams kind of blew up when they saw the money but then when they saw the structure it was interesting I was actually talking to an AFC AFC team last night that kind of flew off the handle when they first heard the money because you know everybody's got an elite level receiver like oh my god now we're gonna have to pay you know that's that's now the level for our you know top five top seven receiver um, but it's really like a three-year deal for like 22.7 a year. I mean, it's, that's kind of how they broke it down. Um, I, as far as Green Bay's plan, <laughs> I don't know. I know they were in the market, you know, even before um, Adams was, was out the door, they were in the market for another veteran receiver pickup, and it sounded like they might explore the trade market. But I, I don't think that – I can only tell you that right now, I don't know that the traction – um, that they would like is is, ne- is necessarily there. Like, is it going to be a DK Metcalf? Um, you know, is it going to be a big trade acquisition? And they're probably, if it is a big trade acquisition like that, they're going to have to pay, 
sort of a similar top you know level deal that they would have given for Adams. So um, draft wise, there's no question about it. Um, but in terms of veterans, I think they're kind of poking around the trade market. I don't know that you're going to look at what's left in free agency and think that that's going to patch up the, the situation they have on their hands now. That is, uh, that is, it is crazy. Okay, so Jameis resigns in New Orleans. Okay, so mm-hmm. what's left is what Garoppolo and Mariota. There's like three three teams for for two quarterbacks, right? What what, what happens? You got Seattle, so, you got Carolina. Who else am I forgetting? Seattle, Carolina. Obviously, you need a quarterback. Atlanta and Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. I mean. They're saying right now that they're not in it for Baker. We'll see. You know, I kind of want to wait and see. Like this is this just happened, and I know Marcus Mariota is is now being connected to to Atlanta. I, I'm curious to see how this plays out a little bit. Um, you know, the Panthers. The thing with the Panthers, it's you have to. You just <laughs> the first question you have is, okay, you're going to pay um, Darnold over 18 million dollars this next season. So there's a little bit of a salary stack. So anybody you bring in, the first question is, okay, how much money are you now adding into what you're already paying um, Sam Darnold? And then beyond that, who are you bring in that's really any better? Like I, you, you have to be convinced. Like is Jimmy Garoppolo definitely better than Sam Darnold? Is um, you know Baker Mayfield definitely better than Sam Darnold? I know some people hear this go, well, yeah, de- absolutely. You know, but if you go back and you look at Carolina when when protection would hold up, Sam Darnold looked like a better quarterback than when it, when when it didn't. And but you know what? Guess what? All those other quarterbacks you're thinking about potentially plugging in there when protection didn't hold up for Baker Mayfield, how good was he? When right. protection didn't hold up for Jimmy Garoppolo, how good was he? So you really resolving anything, or are you just sort of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic? I mean, it's. Um, but to me, the one team I think that is really attractive, clearly Seattle and, you know, Garoppolo, I don't, he's not going to go there in division. Baker Mayfield makes a lot of sense and he fits sort of how that front office handles play. You know, John Schneider likes a little bit of a reclamation project. He likes guys that have a little sand to them. And I could totally see him, um, being someone that, that looks at Baker and says, you know, Hey, we, we think we we can be the right fit for this guy if we get a one year, you know, trial run with him. So I still think Seattle is that destination that makes the most sense to me for Mayfield. And he should want to go there. Honestly, the skill positions are, are great. The fan base is great. They would definitely embrace him. If he's healthy and plays well, um, he, he would have a chance to stick there. So, you know, Garoppolo, Carolina to me is the only one that makes sense. But again, I want to, I want to watch and see what happens now with Atlanta. I don't know that, um, signing Marcus Mariota is the is just the okay boom we're done we went and got our our starting quarterback like they may even if they signed Mariota they could still acquire a quarterback and and sort of pit the two against each other uh just so you know and I know uh, unfortunately you've been on with us you can't do your job Marcus Mariota just signed with the uh, Atlanta Falcons Atlanta Falcons right there you go well so the uh We'll see. I mean, we'll see if that's if that's the be all end all at the quarterback position for them. So it's let me put it to you this way: he was considered a lesser option than Mitchell Trubisky, and some teams that were pursuing Mitchell Trubisky were like, he gives us a competitive option at the position to see if he can come in and win the job. If they were if they were to have signed him, so what does that tell you about Mariota? Either it tells you the Atlanta Falcons are completely decimated. They got nothing, and they're just like, all right, we're, I guess we're going to go with this. 
or you know they could stack more than one quarterback there and and see if if someone wins the job and they're happy that way. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, he played for Arthur Smith before, so that makes sense, right? Guy. guy well, knows. yeah. I mean, again, that's uh, it. Does it make sense? But I, I just I don't know that I just buy that this is now their starter at quarterback that that you you've you upgraded you know um, from from Matt Ryan moving on to to Marcus Mariota because I mean you go. I, if Marcus Mariota, I just think he would have gotten more run earlier on um, with the Raiders. I, you know, Derek Carr or, uh, had a great, obviously a great season. There's no question about that. He wasn't going to be a starter there, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I, I question whether or not this is just their automatic starter because they've gone out and acquired him. And by the way, they could have signed him too before they 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 cut Matt Ryan loose. I mean, it's just we'll see. I'm not I'm not uh, absolutely concrete on that well if only there was something to talk about right it's the off season so you know we're trying to dig stuff up to talk about really that's 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 what's really hard about this charles great stuff man thanks so much for joining us huh yeah everybody should be paying attention to the owners meetings because it's roger goodell is going to get asked some very interesting questions particularly as it pertains to how the deshaun watson trade went down and how the contract is structured and um, there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of uh, traction, I think, on that issue once Roger Goodell stands up in front of reporters in Palm Beach. So, Charles, you're the best. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Doug. Bet, check out the latest lines on World of Sports, Better Better's Sportsbook. Better's is the most trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. How big a deal is it that the Colts and Browns didn't have in-depth talks about the Baker-Mayfield deal? I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we'd like to get you engaged on all the stories of the day. We do so by playing a game. Big deal, little deal. This is Game Time. Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game Time is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium, zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Dan, what's the game today? Take a wild guess, Doug. It's Uh, big deal, deal, little deal, deal, no no deal. deal. All right, big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug. We touched on this a bit earlier, but the Big Ten has just two teams in the Sweet 16 after getting nine into the tournament. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Uh, I think it's a, uh, it's a little deal um, in the big picture of things, but a big, it's a little deal in the little picture, a big deal in the big picture of things. Stick with me for a second. A lot of what's happened to the big 10 is what's happened to the big 10 in football. What it takes to win the big 10 in basketball, you got to have size. They got these giants there, but that can make it problematic for winning college basketball games. Um, but I also think that some people, th- when we say, hey, this is the deepest league in the country, doesn't mean the best. And by the way, I would say, like the SEC, they had two teams that I thought would be in the Final Four. They're not in it. So, you know, it's not like the league got embarrassed every game. Wisconsin could not make a shot. Michigan's overachieved. Michigan State had the Duke game. They're up five, and Duke made an incredible comeback. Like, you can go through each individual one. Iowa, obviously, probably the most disappointing coming off the Big Ten tournament title. But, I mean... 
Like, are we really going to say a league stinks because some of the teams lost sure. in the NCAA tournament? Like, I don't that, – that's too result-oriented. Again, seed-wise, they had two threes and a four that – if everything was chalk, they would have advanced to this weekend. Different story, as you said, with the SEC, which leads us to big deal, little deal, or no deal, that the SEC is just one team in the Sweet 16 after getting six in the tournament. Um, again, it's a little deal. The, the, the big deal is more, man, this is kind of a – it feels like a trend for Kentucky. Uh, it felt like the, the moment or the expectations were too big for Auburn. But in terms of, like, again, I, I can't pick apart a conference when, you know, Auburn sure. played for national championship a couple years ago. Kentucky's been ever-present. Florida's won a couple national championships. You know, actually, you know several in the last, you know, uh, 15 years or whatever, back-to-back championships. I, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Like, yeah. I don't think the Pac-12 having great success in last year's NCAA tournament made it a great league. It just wasn't. It just – the tournament is different than the regular season. Um, it's great to say – but the reality is each individual story stands among itself. I, I do want to make a, a comment if I could do well Yeah, go. Okay. I thought that when you we always look back at seeding and how things set up. Yeah. When you see what TCU did to Arizona, uh, you know, push them to the limit, should have had a chance to win it at the end. When you see what North Carolina did to Marquette, yep. they they messed up the eight nine seedings, uh, outside of San Diego State and Creighton. Like I think that I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you. Look, oh. I've, been, I've played in that 8-9 game twice, and I thought, like, the first time they totally messed it up. But we were – that was my sophomore year at Oklahoma State. We were picked last in the league, and so we, we played a what was seen as a soft schedule. We play, actually played TCU on the road and beat them. They were really good. They were undefeated at the time, Lee Nalon and those guys. And we played, like, Arizona State. Other than that, we didn't travel because coach was loading up. He didn't know what he had. He, he needed some wins. Um, and we, we lost the, game, the first game in the Big 12 tournament after winning the Big 12 South, and we got an 8-9. Usually the 8-9, yes, they usually move a couple. It's almost always teams that underachieve based upon the reputation. Yes. And, that, and that's exactly what Carolina was. You know, Carolina was bad until they were good at the end of the year. And then who was the other one? A TCU? I mean, like, look, TCU is a hard one. They lost, what did they go, 5-8 and eight down the stretch? And it wasn't like they played a great schedule out of conference. Like it, it was hard to determine that. So I, I'm, I'm going to disagree. But with you love you love TCU against Seton Hall. That was one of your no brainers in that yes. first round. So yes, yes, but a lot of that was also like Seton Hall. Kevin Will was out. He was done. He, he's at Maryland. They they weren't. I didn't think they were that good. And I I did think one of the things that you can say about a league is the Big Twelve was generally built around defense defense. And I think that's one of the reasons they've had such a good – they had such a good run. Like, they had some teams that struggled to score, but all of them really defended. And I, I thought that carried them sure. through at least the first round and some to the second round. How about this other sports story? Carlos Correa to the Twins on a three-year, $105 million deal. That's Big crazy. Deal, a little right? deal or no deal. Well, it's just another year, another twin signing in the offseason. That's what it is. Just <laughs> throwing money, just the evil throwing empire money. The of rich, the Twin the Cities. Rich, the rich get richer. That's what it is. <laughs> Oh. I, lo- I love the deal. I love short-term more money. Like, I would do that, too. I don't understand why more teams don't do it. Yeah. And, again, to the Twins. Yes. That's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check out the latest lines. World of Sports, BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. To play gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, all right, I'll give you my best sense of what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. 
And something happened in yesterday's Auburn game that I think we should all kind of open our eyes to. That's next to the Doug Gottlieb Show.